Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for Ty, Brianna, Malcolm, Reagan, and Matthew, the Ziegler family. Okay, gang, if you would, please direct your attention to the video boards as we have a very special surprise message from your dad. Hello, wife and kids. Daddy loves you. Be smart. Listen to mommy. Um, sorry about, sorry about that, folks. Hey, hey, listen, you know what? It is homecoming, and it's homecoming here at Carolina. Guess what? Your dad is home, and he's home for good. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for the Ziegler family and the service to our country. That's right, it's a different intro, and how could it not be? Welcome into this edition of the Heels Up Blog Podcast. Anthony Pagnata back with you guys as always. And that is the part of the commitment video that you guys probably saw earlier today. On social media, Malcolm Ziegler, the four-star safety prospect who committed earlier this afternoon, put up that emotional video of him on the field welcoming his dad home from the military permanently at a Tar Heel game back when he was younger. Well, now he is the newest commit to the Tar Heels 2024 class, and he is the headliner. He is the man that everybody is going to be talking about in this Tar Heel class for the next couple of months as he sits atop the rankings of the guys that are committed now. And this is part of two very successful days for the Tar Heels as they land his commitment. They come from behind in the race for Jordan Ship and pick up his commitment. So I'm going to run through, talk a little bit about those guys. Won't go too in-depth. I'm going to do that with Zach Hubbard on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. But wanted to give you a little bit of that before I then, you know, we'll bring in Josh Marlowe. And we'll preview the running back room. We talked about the quarterbacks already. Now it's time to talk about that group that's going to be alongside of them. What can that group do this season? Can they find a little more stability there than they did a year ago as the Tar Heels look to take a step under new offensive coordinator Chip Lindsey? And uh, that'll be, you know, one of the big question marks for an offense that could look a little bit different this season. But as I mentioned, let's start with the commitments that the Toriels have landed over the past two days. And let's start out with that guy that is going to headline this class, the highest ranked prospect for the Toriels in this class, the number 17 overall safety in the 2024 class. And uh, Carolina lands his commitment earlier this afternoon. Um, a guy that's ranked inside of the top 200 currently sits at number 205 overall uh, in the class, according to 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings. 24-7 itself has him inside of the top 200. And this was something that felt like it was on the horizon. But I got to tell you, the last 24 hours or so, were a little nerve-wracking. He was very active on social media. South Carolina fans very active trying to get him uh, to commit to the Gamecocks and go out of state. But 
The Tar Heels, they hold off that late charge. And look, this was one that the South Carolina staff definitely wanted as well. And when you turn on your film, you or when you turn on his film, I should say, you can see why. This is a guy that provides a lot of versatility on the back end, very similar to some of the other guys that Carolina has so far in this 2024 class. But this is a guy that is I, – I, the reason he separates himself is very clear – you look at him, the speed that he has, ran a 4.3840 this past offseason. Uh, I believe that may have been done before the 2022 season for him. Uh, but he is, it shows up everywhere on his film. He is a speed demon. Uh, he's a guy that can close the gap very quickly, that short area quickness. You know, we see it with a couple of guys in this class, none more than him, and it allows him to break on the football very well, make plays on the football. He's a guy that wins a lot of 50-50 balls because he's got the height, he's got the explosiveness, uh, and, you know, overall, his ability and coverage is probably the best of anybody in this Tar Heel class, and that includes corners and safeties, and it's really at both spots. Uh, he's a guy that could play corner at the next level uh, if Carolina wanted him to but I feel like the range that he has his ability to really cover a lot of space quickly the big hits that he's able to lay over the middle of the field I feel like this is the perfect guy to play that free safety spot especially if he can continue to play the football the way that he did at the high school level last year six interceptions for Fuquay Verona high school out in Fuquay Verona North Carolina also finished with six pass breakups, took two of those interceptions back to the house. The year prior, four interceptions. So a guy that's used to taking away the football and making plays when he has it in his hands. This is a guy that Carolina sorely needed in this class. We talked about how important it was for Carolina to start bringing in some talent from the home state. And this is their first commitment from the top ten in the state. Now, Carolina in good standing with Alex Taylor. It really seems like it's down to Carolina and Clemson for him. The question is, are the reports out of Clemson true that he is the one guy they were saving a spot for? If so, don't know if he ends up coming to Carolina. If the reports uh, were true that they were done after they landed the two commitments at the start of June, well, then Carolina looks like they're in the driver's seat. If they get him, that'd be two commitments inside the top 10. But this one, getting this first one in there, is huge for Carolina. You move over to the second commitment that Carolina landed in the class. This one came yesterday in the form of four star wide receiver Jordan Ship. And This is another one that Carolina really needed, and especially with the news that they received earlier in the day, or actually the night before, uh, that they were... Uh, that one of their other targets at the wide receiver spot, Javarius Green, was moving his commitment back. Now, a lot of people are are saying, and I've heard this from a couple of people as well who have sent this to me, that this is because of a family member's birthday. I believe it is a past family member, unfortunately, and it really is to pay tribute to them. But it really does make you wonder with his date moving back a month, with Carolina landing Jordan Ship, a guy that I think Carolina was pushing for, but for a while it didn't look like they were going to get. And Alex Taylor still on the horizon. If that goes Carolina's way, is Javarius Green going to be a guy that is suddenly going to be, you know, expanding his recruitment back out just a little bit, at least to Alabama 
and Michigan State. So that's something to certainly keep an eye on. But Jordan Ship, this is a big one for Carolina to add alongside of Keenan Jackson, the other in-state wide receiver that the Tar Heels landed earlier this month. Uh, he is ranked uh, as a four-star, according to 24-7 uh, sports composite rankings. Barely, though, the number 425 player in the country, the number 64 wide receiver, and the number 13 player in the state of North Carolina. So, the top two, two guys that Carolina has added from the state, both inside of the top 15, and this sort of gets them away from that category that I was talking about earlier of the class that really undid Larry Fedora's time here. Now they've got a couple of ta- big-name big, uh, big name guys from in-state that they brought in. Uh, so this is, you know, this is big for Carolina. It also adds a really talented receiver to that room. Probably, you know, the most complete guy uh, that Carolina ha- has in this class. I mean, Alex Taylor, I think, is right there with him. Um, but in terms of, you know, just the complete skill set, where he can play, uh, the edge might go to a guy like Jordan Ship, who, you know, is a tremendous route runner. Really liked what I saw from him there when I turned on his film. Uh, and, and is another guy uh, that I, I think, you know, you look at him, 50-50 balls. We talked about it with Malcolm Ziegler well, on the other side of the ball. This is the same type of guy, very explosive, uh, can go up and win those contested catches. I think the best thing about him is he really affects the game at multiple different levels. A guy that really can do work at the intermediate level especially, but also in the short passing game and can and, and also shows a little bit of burst uh, when he does decide to take things down the field. Um, you know, he has extremely reliable hands. He makes even difficult catches look easy, and that's something that you like to see, uh, especially, you know, with Carolina losing a guy like that this past year in Josh Downs. Still plenty of those guys on the roster. Kobe Pesor comes to mind, but continuing to find those types of guys that you can throw just about anything their way and they can hold on to it is important. And then, the, the, you know, another part of his game that I think really separates him from Keenan Jackson and some of the other guys that Carolina is recruiting in, in this class is his ability once he catches the football. He does a good job of you know stopping and starting, creating space for himself after the catch, and has really good straight line speed when he gets out in space. So definitely a guy that Carolina is happy to add to their class. And that means Carolina up to 24 commitments in the class. It looked like it would be 25 for a while, but apparently, I guess originally there there was a little bit of confusion from Grant Mills, the long snapper, uh, who did commit actually earlier this week from the Cannon School in Concord, North Carolina. He committed on Friday um, to begin the weekend. I, it looked like you know he posted on his social media page that he had received an offer um, from both Carolina and NC State. Now, can't speak for NC State, but it looks like Carolina, that offer was as a preferred walk-on. It does not appear that they are going to take him as a scholarship player, especially after they've already taken a, uh, a kicker uh, slash punter in this class, more likely a punter in Lucas Osada. Uh, so probably not going to take another special teamer as a scholarship guy unless they don't land a guy like Alex Taylor. Maybe that frees up a scholarship spot there. But uh, it looks like Carolina for now is sitting at 24 scholarship commitments 
in this class. Now, the reason that they're at 24 and not 25, not only is because of Graham Mills, but also because of the decommitment of 2024 three-star athlete Carlos Mitchell out of the state of Florida. He was a guy that Carolina landed a little over a month ago. Uh, and unfortunately, now, you know, he's rethought some things. I think it's more of a mutual parting away. Is Carolina really trying uh, to make sure that they have the amount of scholarships available that they need uh, to be able to fit some of the big name targets that they want? Uh, this probably makes sense. It lines up very well with uh, the decision today from Malcolm Ziegler. He, uh, Mitchell decommitted last night uh, right before the commitment of Jordan Ship, so it makes a lot of sense why he would decommit. Apparently, uh, now Central Florida is uh, the team to watch for him. Kentucky was in on him as well at one point, so uh, a guy that is off the Tar Heels radar, but it looks like it frees up space for Malcolm Ziegler and probably frees up that 25th scholarship spot if they are able to land Alex Taylor that would then be a full class for the Tar Heels so it feels like that was probably their motivation behind this move so that is your look at the two commitments that the Tar Heels have landed over the last couple of days the decommitment that freed up another scholarship spot and uh, me and Zach Hubbard will be breaking that down a little more in depth for you on the next edition of the podcast we'll also be taking a look at where the class stands right now go room by room and tell you what we think of the group that Carolina is scheduled to bring in and then of course when Alex Taylor's commitment rolls around the week of we will have that preview for you here on the heel tough blog podcast all right so now it's time to move into our position preview for today it's the second one of the year and if you know how we've done this in the past both on the website and when we did it a couple of years ago on the podcast side of things it's time to move to the guys that are beside the quarterbacks which we did in the last edition of the podcast make sure you go back and check it out And it's time to talk about the running backs. And in the last edition of the podcast, we got into the weapons around Drake May. one of the areas that we pointed to where we feel like he's in better shape than Sam Howell was in back in the 2021 season is at the running back position. Again, we talked about, you know, the fact that Ty Chandler, very productive back there. But the thing was, they didn't have the depth that this Tar Heel backfield has this year. You said that you see two to three guys that can carry the ball and legitimately make an impact for Carolina. I think it's even more than that. I think you got about four, maybe five, four guys that have proven they can do it. And a fifth guy that I think is right on the precipice of being able to do it. So, I mean, the depth here. The depth here is crazy, and that doesn't even count, by the way, the guy that's joining the team for fall camp in Jordan Louie, the true freshman that wasn't there back in the spring, but that I like a lot and said when I watched him on tape, he can make an impact pretty quickly here. Yeah, and, and, and you know, like, here's the thing. The the depth is fantastic. You know, Elijah Green and Marion Hampton, they're the two most – Proven guys on the roster. British Brooks is a great inspirational story and has been productive when he's gotten the ball. Um, same thing with Caleb Hood. If he can just stay, you know, healthy, he's mm-hmm. proven some things. 
Uh, George Petaway is 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 gifted, and he's going to be a productive player in the backfield at at some point in his Tar Heel career. I want them to emerge from the fall, knowing who's doing what, and that's been the big. That was the biggest issue last year was that wasn't defined. Yep, until about the middle part half the back end part of the season and a lot of that was because of the injury yeah, issues I, that they had I, I would i would like to see this be a a three-headed monster of elijah green amarian hampton and george petaway because i think they're your most wow. gifted okay. guys they give you a little bit of everything um and, and look i, I know it's going to come harsh across british brooks because and he's been a great story and you look at what he's done in bowl games. He's he was productive against A and M in the Orange Bowl, against South Carolina in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I don't want that guy standing in the way of touches for Hampton and Petaway, guys that are, are more gifted athletes and, 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 and can put more production and be more dynamic on the field. With Caleb Hood, I, I think he has a role, but I think his role is going to be like a third down back roll type of guy, a guy that's going to be in there to, to kind of thump and, and, and when you're trying to ground and pound and earn some extra hard yardage and stuff like that. So the thing about it is this is where you really got to commend uh, Mac Brown and the recruiting staff is the room is set up to where unless you just have a, a, a bunch of guys transfer – you're not going through another Michael Carter, Javante Williams situation where you're losing two productive backs. And you brought in a productive guy in Ty Chandler who put a 1,000-yard year up. Yep. But outside of that, you didn't really know what you were getting out of, out of your running backs. Now, like if, if someone were to leave, you just roll to the next guy or to the next guy and stuff like that. So the staff has learned their lesson in understanding that, you, you know, look, you might lose one or two guys to the portal, but you need to keep recruiting that room. That way you're not – Coming entering a year with like a with a, with with a Fresh Prince uh, meme where you got one guy wow. looking around the room saying, "Where the hell am I gonna get help from?" And I mean, look, they're still doing that. Twenty four class, they got Davy and Gauss, four star, one of the better players uh, in their class that they're bringing in. So yeah, they're still they're still recruiting that position very heavily. Um, yeah, look, there's 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 five guys and Jordan Louie in this room. I would be stunned if one of these guys is not transferred. Yeah, oh yeah. Especially, I think yes. eventually so I think it's probably before the season starts. Yes. One of these guys will be in the portal. Well, I mean, you told me Mac like, like he makes it uh, you know intent when they get done with camp, they have their little post camp pre-season meetings mm-hmm. and you go through the roster and then you you start the attrition. He does it during his bye weeks. And then, of course, you do it at the end of the year when you have a whole year to evaluate these dudes. So. I will say this. I was surprised that all of these guys hung on after the spring. So was I. I, I thought that would be an area where you would see one of them transfer. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's loaded. I think the concern that you have is very valid about how do you spread the reps throughout this room. Um, I, I don't, I will say this. I don't think you have to worry at all about Elijah Green or Amari and Hampton receiving their touches. Two leading rushers from a year ago. Um, Elijah Green, once he took over as the full-time starter, he was tremendous. 558 rushing yards on the season, eight touchdowns, caught the ball, decent out of the backfield, 17 catches, 107 yards and touchdown. Um, I, to be honest with you, 
I think he is being woefully underrated by a lot of the magazines, um, to a certain extent, even Toriel fans. Like, to me, I mean, is he not the sh- the more sure bet of the of even the two running backs to produce this year between him and Hampton? Because we saw Hampton, Hampton was hit and miss, man. I, I thought Elijah Green down the stretch of the season, pretty damn consistent. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that's, you know, that's how you got to look at him. So I think he's a part of it, no doubt. I think Hampton is. Um, and, you know, the thing is, is both of those guys, Mac Brown singled them out during the spring. Part of that was because the rest of the group really wasn't at full speed. So that's where you wonder, okay, do some of these reps get divided up? I think Hampton's just too talented. We saw it early last year. He flashed first, I mean, two out of three games to begin the season. He has over 100 yards rushing. Like, this dude, you could see as the year wore along, he be, he had some freshman moments. But I think this guy's the real deal. And I, I think he's going to be a significant part of what Carolina does. It's after that where I believe the conversation starts. And you said that, British Brooks should not stand in the way of the other guys in this room. I I agree with you, mainly mainly Petaway. Like you said, you worry about him taking away some reps from Hampton. I don't I don't see that. I'd be shocked. I think I think Hampton's pretty safe, and and Elijah Green, as I said, Petaway's the guy that I am concerned about because here's the thing about Petaway, right? There's two different ways to look at it. One. We, we saw him coming out of high school, talented running back, sort of a change of pace from Elijah Green, who's a downhill guy. Same thing with Amari and Hampton for the most part. Amari and Hampton, as we said, kind of reminds us a little bit of, a, of Javante Williams, where George Petaway could be that guy, that, that Michael Carter, that brings a little bit more speed, that can do things in, in, in space, that can catch the, the football out of the backfield. I mean, Heck, coming out of high school, George Petaway was a guy that played in the slot at times as a receiver. So this dude can make an impact in your passing game as well. But the other element to him is what he did in the return game. I know that the in, in the modern era of football, the return game is not nearly as important as it used to be. But that has to be a factor here, right? I mean, what what he did late in the year on special teams, I mean, it was night and day compared to what Carolina has had there really since T.J. Logan was returning kicks. Oh, no, excuse me, Anthony Ratliff-Williams. My bad. Yeah, My no. bad. Yeah, you could say he, he, did a, he did a special job back there and was able to carve out his role. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I, I look at this, and I'd like to say coming out of, out of, out of camp, we know Elijah Green's going to be your starter, even though that doesn't really matter. Hampton's <laughs> going to be the number two whenever you line up with a two-running back backfield. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you're bringing in a guy, whether it's to give a guy a breather or to give a different, you know, just a different look in your run game, I'd like it to be Petaway. And, um, y- y- you know, so it, I think that's got to be the task for the staff in, in camp is knowing coming out who's doing what and how we're going to use them. It didn't necessarily hurt them a year ago with the with the rotation with the running backs with the way they came out scoring points like they did against FAMU, App State, Georgia State and the like. But it you know, there's also a reason why Drake May was your leading rusher because he was <laughs> 
because he, 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 he was more of in rhythm than any of those guys were because you were interchanging them and, and stuff like that. So um, hopefully that's something that Chip Lindsey, who's had to do this type of stuff before with the way that Auburn would recruit running backs with, with, with that offense, mm-hmm. hopefully they'll come out saying we know who's doing what, how we're using these guys, and we can be an effective running team week one because if Carolina can't run the ball against South Carolina, it's going to be a long day for Drake May. Now, here's the thing. With Petaway, there is the factor of the injury that he suffered in spring practice. Now, as far as we know, Mac Brown said back in early June when he did his press conference that everybody is a full go, is ready to go, outside of, of course, Malachi Hamrick, who's done for the season. Yeah. Who got hurt. So... We feel good that Petaway is going to be involved, but you never really know. And and the thing the thing about this is they brought British Brooks back for a reason. Now he's a big part of what they do special teams wise as well. Very good tackler, uh, was a was a captain of the special teams um for a few years before last year. The question though is, is we've said he shouldn't stand in the way. Do you trust Mac Brown and this staff to not let him stand in the way of a guy like George Petaway? No, I don't. And it, he's it, a guy that is we and, and we've said this. He's he's somewhat loyal to a fault. And here's the thing: Do I think it'd be the worst thing in the world? Oh God, no! Those final three games that we saw from British Brooks to end the 2021 season, or I mean, he was fantastic for a guy that. When remember when he was originally going to take over the carries, we said, "Oh my God, what is this going to look like?" Yeah, and he was outstanding. I mean, the game against NC State, he was phenomenal. So, so yeah, y- you know, uh, but no, I don't because of what he's done and and how he's stayed loyal and stuff like that. And th- and that sounds like a bad thing when it shouldn't be because loyalty in today's college athletics, you don't see a lot of that from coaches, players, and the like. And the thing is, British Brooks has returned it. How many times could he have entered the transfer portal? This is his his seventh year. Yeah, so, he could have left the program um, too. So my, we'll, my thing is, that yeah. I look at him and say, does he impact winning at the at the same degree as a Caleb Hood or a George Petaway? I think that answer is no. And winning is the most important thing. Um, I I I love loyalty. I love winning more. So um, I if he has if he has his role on the special teams and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like I think that should be a given. That shouldn't be up for debate. Like that should be mandated. Mac Brown and the Gozner tell him, "You ain't voting. This is your captain. You tell you do whatever the hell he tells you to do." But when it comes to the running back room, does he have a role? Like, yeah, when we're up forty-eight to ten on Virginia, yeah, give British Brooks the ball. But if it's you know we're down by a field goal with two minutes to go, do I want that guy trotting out on the field as we go to try to tie the game or win the game? That answer's no. Well, and the thing is, look, they've had injuries over the last few years at this position, so it's always possible that they're going to eventually have to use them. So, you know, you never really, you can never really count a guy like him out. I don't know if you agree with me on this. We said when we started talking about this that we expected someone to transfer, and I, he's a legacy guy. Is the odd man out here Caleb Hood? I, I like it feels that way. I hope it's not. And I hate it. I hate it because he showed us last year. He had a two game stretch where he looked like he could be the starting running back for this team. Yeah, and I and I really hate seeing um, legacy players exit the program. Mm-hmm. 
Although it, it should mean great success for the website. So if that happens, I'm not going to complain. But it definitely does feel that way as of as of right now. Let's hope it does not come to that. But if, if I'm looking at someone that of of the four guys that, that have played snaps at Carolina, I'd say, oh, one's going to leave the program or the five guys. I would say that guy would be Caleb Hood. And uh, no offense, you'd rather it be him than Petaway, right? The upside that Petaway brings, I think that's that's the thing that you've got to play to a little bit here. Mac Brown has talked about this. Now, it's at other positions. I don't know if he, he wasn't really talking about running back. But he said, look, you've got talented guys. We have to start rotating more guys in. With the transfer portal, if you don't play guys that – you feel are talented enough, but that you are afraid to play because you don't know what's going to happen, or you know there is seniority for a guy, that could hurt you. That could cause you to lose a guy. So a guy like George Petaway, he might fit that. So I think Carolina's got to be careful with how they use him. And yeah, unfortunately that might mean Caleb Hood's the odd man out. With that being said, Caleb Hood could come out and he could be your, your third running back. That's how close it feels like that battle is for that third spot right now. Uh, and as I mentioned, you know, you look at the other two guys that are on the roster. Jordan Louie is a true freshman. I think, you know, they're they're not going to use him that much this season, nor should they with the guys that they have in that room unless he is really just that special. Um, but I think there's a ton of upside to his game. Very complete running back, like the way that he caught the football out of the backfield. There's a future for this kid in this Tar Heel backfield. And I there there are a lot of guys on this staff on that offensive side of the ball that I trust. Fee, I, I would say it's probably Lonnie Galloway and then Larry Porter is right behind him in terms of developing his room. I, I feel like Jordan Louie is going to be a really, really good player if Lonnie Gallo or if uh, if Larry Porter stays here. Yeah, he's got a chance to grow. And I would love to hear that Keenan that, that Keenan Stadium chanting Louie, Louie, Louie while he's running on the field. I don't know if that's a real chant or not, but in my head, that's something we would. Well, chant. no, well, no, that's actually a song by the Step Brothers. That is uh, that is one of our guys to sort of crossover into a uh, podcast that we're actually going to record here. That is the walk-up song for Luis Guillorme, yeah. who plays for the New York Mets. So so um, we could be singing that song if he scores touchdown. Is that his touchdown song? That would be outstanding. The day we start like doing that. touchdown songs would be the day that I quit watching football. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's the Speak thing. Speak for yourself. Is that Speak y- for yourself. You know, th- this this staff has just done a good job of identifying talent, adding talent, and depth, and, and the room is so so deep. Yeah, to the it, point where you don't. I mean, you don't have to worry if you get an injury or two. You, you've got so many guys here to rotate in. Yeah, no, they do. So, um, do do I expect him to maybe make a, a splash this year? I would go on a limb and and say no, but he he could be you know the next back in, in a lineage of backs that that Carolina's had a recent run that are mm-hmm. that are really really good Carter, Javante, Ty Chandler had a good one year here in Chapel Hill. We imagine Green and Hampton are going to have a good year uh good, good years in Chapel Hill. So th- this could be a guy that you know 
along with you know Connor Harrell in that quarterback room, is is kind of like the face of your offense in the next year or two. Mm-hmm. You know, and something I talked about with when it came to Harrell being the type of guy that could really make us feel positive about Mac Brown 2.0. Louis could be a big part of that as well, being that 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 backfield mate and someone that could really help this offense continue to be among the the best in the conference in the country. The other guy in that position room is Keelan Hood, the brother of Caleb Hood. He moves over, played wide receiver at the high school level, was a wide receiver last year for the Tar Heels, but did convert in the spring to that running back role. Actually had a pretty solid spring game, did some nice things. So uh, a guy that will be further down on the depth chart, but uh, definitely a guy that could help Carolina uh, in in an extreme pinch. I feel like he's a guy that showed at least enough uh, to, you know, get people a little bit excited. But uh, that's your look at the running back room, uh, just all the guys there. Uh, really quick, one other question about the room as a whole. You are down – you were – I'm not going to say down, but you are not as excited about the hire of Chip Lindsey as you would have been about some of the other names that are out there. What do you think, though, he does for this running back room, a guy that is a little bit more run-heavy – Mac Brown has said that he wants to stick with the run a little bit more. He feels like Phil Longo bailed on it a little too quickly at certain times when he was here. I, I feel like Chip Lindsey could could help this run game out, and ultimately it could help this offense out as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if anything, there'll just be a greater commitment to it mm-hmm. when it's going well. And even when it's not going well, that was the thing with with Phil Longo was that whenever it felt like the running game wasn't wasn't there, um, he would just abandon it. Or when the running game was was going well because you had Sam Howell and you had, you know, great wide receivers to throw the ball to, we would go and throw the ball. I I think if if Carolina gets into a, a, a game and a rhythm on offense where they're running the ball for five, six yards a pop, I think Lindsey's going to keep on calling run plays. And I don't think Drake May is going to oblige to that if that means Carolina's winning. So I think that's the thing. And, you know, if he does that, maybe we have a more positive feeling about this hire because Carolina needs mm-hmm. to be more committed to running the ball because it, it'll, it'll help Drake May. Um, and if, if you're doing stuff to help Drake May and it makes the offense better, I think Carolina will, will, will put themselves back in a position in November – to make a return to the ACC championship game. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that excites me the most about Chip Lindsey coming in here is I think there will be more of an attention to running the football. Um, I think there there will, as, as you said, I think commitment is the best word to just sticking with what's working, even if the run game gets off to a slow start. Like, that's the thing. Carolina's gotten into a lot of track meets these last few years in part because of their defense. But the other part is is that Carolina will completely abandon the run at certain points, which doesn't help out your offense at times, and it doesn't help out your defense really at all. So I think this this could really work out, and, and if, if Carolina's offense remains one of the more efficient in the country, this could actually serve Carolina a little bit better. It could help this team not only on the offensive side of the ball, but also on the defensive side of the ball. So it'll be interesting to see that. Loaded up backfield this year, 
And I think uh, that's one of the position groups that we probably feel best about as we head towards the 2023 season. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Heel Tough Blog podcast. Guys, make sure you head over to the website, heeltoughblog.com. Check out the commitment articles for both Malcolm Ziegler and Jordan Ship, who we talked about earlier in this edition of the podcast. Also, that article up there about Carlos Mitchell Jr.'s decommitment from the class, if you guys want to check that out. We're going to start rolling out some of the position previews as well for the 2023 roster on the website side of things, go a little more in-depth than the podcast are going to do. And uh, with a little bit more free time with Alex Taylor's commitment now 12 days off, this is the perfect time to start doing that. So you'll start seeing those roll out here over the next few days. And then right on the horizon, the start of August, Carolina gets camp underway. It'll be August 1st, the report day, August 2nd, the first day of fall camp. And we will have you covered on that front, of course, Our main articles that we bring to you every single year, our breakout candidates, as well as our bold predictions will be back. Same thing with those editions of the podcast. And of course, you'll have Mac Brown talking a lot, ton of news that'll be rolling out during that time. So we will keep you up to date on all of that on the football side of things. Meanwhile, on the basketball side of things, it looks like the roster is pretty much final. Carolina still two scholarships available. You'd imagine those will go to walk-ons, but we will be covering you up until the start of the season for basketball. Josh right now uh, sort of balancing some things uh, with his new uh, gig, writing about the New York Mets. I know he probably would rather write about Tar Heel basketball at this point uh, than anything uh, with how bad the New York Mets have been this year. Uh, but he is uh, you know, balancing that a little bit, so he is going to go back and forth. He'll put up some articles throughout the offseason, especially once we get towards the start of practice. So make sure you guys are keeping an eye on that. One place to do it, HeelToughBlog.com. So, once again, want to thank Josh Marlowe for hosting with me. Want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. want to thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. If you could, make sure you head over to wherever you listen to your podcast, find out where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and go ahead and do that for us. The rating and reviewing, that helps us to move up some of those rankings, and the subscribing, that is for you, so you don't miss any editions of the podcast coming up. We look forward to you being a part of the Heel Tough Blog podcast family moving forward, and thank you once again for listening to this edition.